Welcome to a very special episode of Inspirato Projecto. All these are very special episodes, by the way. This one is an interview with Adele Summer. I met her during the Harmonic Convergence, and you'll hear about that story in addition to the Monroe Institute. Some of you might have heard about that famous CIA document that's circulating around, the PDF. They talk about the Gateway Voyage. Search for Monroe Institute CIA PDF uh, Gateway Voyage or Gateway Experience. Type that in and you'll be able to read the PDF where they had actually done the uh, research on it, on this place, Monroe Institute. It's quite astounding and alarming. And uh, I put the the, uh, link in this description here. All right, get ready, folks. Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto. So what what would you say, like, what, what first... I, I, I didn't ask you this. What what first led you to the harmonic convergence? How'd you hear about it, and how did that all transpire? That is a mystery to me. I just I wasn't really planning ahead on it or anything. I just saw it pop up. I wasn't paying attention to you know that it was coming or anything, and all of a sudden I just saw it on my uh, computer, and I just went right to it. It was kind of like magical. It just showed up. Oh, that's great. So how many how many days was it into it by the time you found out about it? Did you find out about it on the first day? Yeah, I was, in, I was there for every day. Incredible. I got, yeah, I was so pleased. I was so impressed with the quality of the event, uh, visually, intellectually, diversity. Everything about it was really special. And then having the lounge afterwards, so to speak, the Zoom call, was lovely. Uh, and just so beautiful that they thought of it ahead of time. Because it could have been one of those things, oh, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> and then they said it was like perfect. Yeah, well, it was great because it gave everybody who had been watching the Harmonic Convergence to a chance to talk about the information that they learned. Then, of course, that all that stuff that we learned throughout the week would just stir up um, uh, certain experiences that people, you know, had never shared before or, or you know, finally felt inspired to share because they felt that there was a safe community of, of people on there. And so... Did you, now the stories that, that you were telling me about, are these stories that you've shared with other people or, or do you get a certain vibe from people before you share them with them or how do you, how do you go about that? I just use my intuition. Some, some people are just not that open, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not, I'm, people do, I mean, I don't hide that I go to the Monroe Institute. Uh, my brothers aren't necessarily as, some of them aren't uh, interested in some of these topics. There's a few of us that are in the family and others that are. But, you know, as far as the experiences, they started young in my, you know, younger in my life. And uh, so I've shared through the years. 
and they're so varied. And that was what's kind of fun about being in the lounge um, after the harmonic convergence. You listen to this person and that person, like, oh, I had that experience. Oh, yeah, I had that experience. Oh, that experience. And it, it was funny. And uh, it's just kind of neat to be reminded of some of these things that you have happen in your life. Well, yeah, and what's so interesting, because I had come across that, uh, the CD, uh, the CIA PDF, um, it was, uh, printed up about this, this operatives, this agent's, um, uh, explorations through the, through the gateway, um, experience, um, or the gateway voyage, and, uh, and the Monroe Institute, and all the different things there, and in, and in order for him to d- explain what he had done there, he had to, you know, talk about... <laughs> You know all this stuff, astral projection and and hypnosis and meditation and what all those various things do for the brain. Because as you're reading this thing, you get the idea that he's he's doing the best he can to try to try to present this information to people that are, are not necessarily trained in in exploring you know as, um, these subjects that are psychedelic in nature. So what what and then for you to be in the Zoom after party and and you talk about the Monroe Institute I'm like oh my gosh this is the first person that I've met who who has been there who can shed some light on the on the subject here so okay what drew you to the Monroe Institute and how'd you hear about that well that's kind of interesting in the 70s I read Bob Monroe's book I think I saw him on Dick Cabot show years ago <laughs> when I was you know a kid and so I got his book when it was published, and then I read it, and then I would practice his technique. Um, and then I went on to other things in life, you know, university and et cetera, had, you know, a full-on life. And then what later in, um, in the 2000s, I found out that there was actually a Monroe Institute, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I can't even believe I missed out. I could have been doing that my whole life. And so I finally, uh, I was just so excited to find out that it existed. I ordered the Gateway program um, in the CD form, but then, but in order to go to the institute, you have to take the Gateway program as well. That's, I mean, even if you've done the program at home, you still have to go there. And there's really nothing quite like being at the institute to have your experiences. Because it's just truly a beautiful place. Incredible. So, 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 so Monroe, he, um, he formed this institute because he had an, he, he wanted to tune into the various frequencies of astral projection? No, he created, he was always, he was a, a special, um, he was a sound man, a radio show producer and TV producer, and he wanted to create or cassettes that people could listen to at night to train their minds to learn something and that was wasting time sweeping wow. and somehow some some way the frequencies when he was doing that caused him to start probably what caused him to start going out of body and he was so curious about what happened and he thought he had a brain tumor he just wasn't sure because he'd never heard of such a thing and then he um being curious and wealthy was a wonderful combination because he was able to create the institute and find other people that were interested in exploring consciousness, states of consciousness. And they 
developed a technique of using frequencies with the binaural beat and the hemisync in order to stimulate these states of consciousness. And, and it just kind of started with a small group and led into the other group of, you know, more of people continuing to go to the Institute till, till today. Although with COVID, you know, it's more online right now. So what was the very first, I mean, did you, did you kind of, since you had sort of primed yourself from reading his book and tested out some of that stuff, which by the way, when you tested it out, were you able to achieve astral projection for, from, from testing out this, the methods in his book? I did. Not a lot of times, because, um, it's like, you know, I did, I got out, it was really neat, I, I had been working on these. They called me the Littlest Teamster because I was working at for Del Monte in Stockton, California, and we worked seven days in a row um, for seven weeks. And so I had a really steady life. So after I'd get done with the work, I'd come home and do my practice of out of body, and I finally was able to get out and could feel this incredible wind, and I was up in the ceiling, you know, like looking at the wallpaper up in the ceiling in the corner of the room, and it was just very cool. And um, my friends were interested in, in that sort of, you know, conversations and things, too, because I you know, the University of Berkeley, and um, my friends were just interesting as well. So I had that experience in Stockton, and then we continued to practice, but we had other things going on. Um, you know, the, the job ended, and then it was just back to being like a student and doing other things and got sidetracked. So, call <laughs> regular life the sidetrack, which is kind of fun. <laughs> so, when, when you eventually came to the Monroe Institute, and you know, and at, le- and at least having a little taste of being able to, to kind of do that on your own just from reading the book. Um, when you were at that institute, did you, did you, was that the first thing that you studied? Was was how to maybe enhance your astral projections even more, or or did you start with a different something different? Well, I had that. That was my uh, goal was to have my uh, have it enhance my ability to be out of body. But I turned out to be one uh, not as adept as some of the people in the course. But it was okay because it was just. It was such a rich experience in people, conversation, listening to the frequencies, just the state of mind that you can get in, uh, that I, I wasn't dissatisfied by not having, you know, major um, out-of-body experiences. And there's even a, uh, a word for it, like if people go to the Institute and they're so excited to have something happen, because, you, you know, you spend a bunch of money and you've got your week and your excitement to, to be there and then somebody else is like having these great experiences and it's almost like you limit yourself because you're so excited but it's, there's a, the term is called focus envy because when you go you're listening to these different I mean frequencies and they bring on they call it focus 10 focus 12 focus 15 etc and and <laughs> it was just kind of a joke like Oh man, they did really well. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's just being human, it's funny. Wow, so, so but, what, what, like when you... I went back, I, I've gone five times to the Monroe Institute and there's been various really interesting experiences that happened while there. 
and after two. So, so when you, okay, when you walk, because some of the people who are going to be listening to this might not even know what astral projection is or being out of body is, um, or it might sound very frightening to them. Um, when you, okay, first of all, with the Monroe Institute, he, he figured out that certain frequencies would take you into specific kinds of realms of consciousness, so to speak. Right? Yes. Right. And you're saying that what uh, there, there are different focuses, so to speak. So different focuses or different levels. And Right. It's, a, it's called a focus 10, focus 12, just to give it an arbitrary name and number to assign to the frequency that you are listening to. And then it's to learn how to use those those frequencies or those states of mind. You, you, first you listen to the CDs, but it's also the training to be able to do go to those states without any kind of equipment. You can just lay down, meditate, and go into those states. They're learned you know, states to go to. And uh, it turns out most of the, I mean, people have a lot of their out-of-body experiences um, and abilities to get out in the low, like focus 10 or focus 12, which are the low, you know, they're very easy to get to those states. And then... And then you were saying that at a certain, there was one, you know, there was that sort of event horizon, so to speak, where you click over past uh, the focus where you are, you know, let's see, how do I explain it? You said that there are those certain focuses where then you can actually meet up with, with relatives and friends who have, have passed to the other side. Um, right. Now, it, those things can happen just as we know them, I mean, they can happen right here in the now, mm-hmm. as well as when we go to those states. But uh, when we call the frequency of like 20, focus 21, 22, roughly is really getting into the frequency of where people that are on the other side can communicate more easily, or you can communicate more easily with people on the other side. Mm. And... Um, so we can always we can all travel to those places, and you know it just it sounds kind of wild, but it it, it doesn't seem like it at all when you're studying. It just seems kind of basic and normal. And um, let's see. So focus twenty-seven is a place. It's a frequency, but it's also kind of a, a it's a place in the sense where people can come and go from this reality to, to a non-physical reality, but it, it's somewhat similar to this, this space, but it's more of an, ast- it's an astral space, astral place. And it can, it's, you know, there's no end to how big it is, really. Incredible. So, so, okay, so... Um, um, now this place that you're talking about, um, you were saying that they were doing exercises there where the students would, would attempt to meet up in the astral realm, right? Right, right. Well, with the, um, at the Monroe, let's see, when we were doing focus, 
okay, one of the events that I went to, we wanted to go and communicate with people that were had gone to the other side and go to what's called the healing center. And it was, and just to see what, what it, we experienced, and it was really interesting. Because when you go to the Mineral, there's 24 or less people there. 24 is the maximum number of students per class. And it's a six-day program. Just to, you know, get, and people have their own little space to sleep. It's called a check unit. So you do your meditation in this little, it's like a ship's captain's bunk, where you pull, pull the curtain closed, put your headphones on, you listen to the frequencies, and uh, after you've done your, you know, meditation with the frequencies, then we afterwards we go back and share what our experience was, you know, what we did. Did we see anything? Did we have an experience? If so, what was it? We just share with the group if we choose. And so one time we went to, the idea was to go to the healing center. And it was so cool because a lot of us saw many very similar things. Like I saw rainbow lights being combed through new arrivals. And, you know, cause this life can be kind of traumatic here on Earth. And, uh, so people, some people saw certain healing modalities where it's just, you know, there's one person saw uh, somebody being put into a like a, it looked like a giant marshmallow that shook the person around and then they kind of popped out like toast, like they've just been like reflucked in the astral body or something. And somebody else said, oh my God, I saw the exact same thing. And it was just really interesting to, to compare notes. Because you go in and not having a clue what it might look like, and then you come back with so many of the same people saying, saying the same thing. Incredible. And it was, it, it's just cool. So have p- people been able to co- sort of Venn diagram their 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 uh, imaginations of what they've seen of that, and been able to sort of construct a picture together to kind of see. Um, what that might what that might look like based on all those those experiences. Well, perhaps somebody's done it like that, but it, you know, it's like uh, you do hear that other people, you know, a lot of people see the same thing when they go to the different states. Wow! So it's or interesting. Have, or some like similar experiences with different characters and like different people with it. Um, apparently, there's a, another Monroe Institute. Um, in Focus Twenty Seven, so you can oh. try to go up there and what? visit that one. Oh my that's gosh, that's incredible! Cool. That's inc- wow. But okay, <laughs> so that's really interesting. So then, so then, <clears throat> so then, did Monroe or or what's 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 the what's the story of that? How how did that get built within there? Did they? Because I'm imagining that someone must be able to bring their their imagination with them as they intend like can you can you intend on bringing something that you want to add or or sort of design the place with like could you imagine some sort of animal and then go all right we're going to focus focus 27 and we're going to bring this animal to this imagination land you know to the to this to this layer here so to speak as far as like the Monroe Institute, um, that supposedly is in 27, I didn't personally see it, but people have described it, and they, and I think that transpired after Bob, and Robert Monroe passed, because wow. he died 
Um, I think in the 90s, I don't remember. I never got to meet him. I was so disappointed. But I uh, did get to meet Bob. And uh, so I've heard about people going there and having had conversations with him there. I personally haven't had that experience. But, wow. Um, I do know people that have. Wow. This is fascinating. This reminds me of like those of those tales of the you know the shaman where they they smoke their peyote and they go all the way up to the white lodge you know the great white lodge and they commune and they learn about all this great information and then they come back down into sort of these human avatars and they share their knowledge with the tribes and uh, this is so interesting because well I think it's the same place yeah they, I, I mean that's what it's sounding like I mean this is this is really intriguing to know that. <laughs> that he he has been able to build another Monroe Institute within that realm. I mean, if, imagine like that's so crazy. That's just amazing. Like, imagine having that kind of relationship, and that's that's sort of like nonchalance and 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 um uh uh what's the word I'm thinking of? You know, I don't want to necessarily. It, it, it's kind of like that. You know, sort of taking it for granted kind of attitude. It's like taking it for granted that the this floor is still going to be here as I walk down. You know, down there, or or that my cat is going to allow me to pet it. Like that, having that self assurance, to be able to have that kind of self assurance and connection with with traveling to these places that you figure out how to actually build yet another realm within that realm. You know, for your students to visit. I mean, that's just incredible. That is just incredible. Well, because people want to keep studying. I mean, when you wow. get close to 27, I mean, most of us find there's so much to learn and do and grow. And you, know, you hear about the Kashyyyk records. Apparently, they're in, like, Focus 27 or Power. It has so many different names. You know, so, like, which is in the Indians are called, the Native Americans called, what was it you said? Like, oh, the, the Great White Lodge, or, right? Yeah. They go up yeah. there and they commune yeah. in this... Wow. <laughs> Incredible. So, okay, so when you astral travel, can you, uh, you know, because it, 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 it's been said that our subatomics are just blipping in and out of existence. You know, they're not necessarily here. They're nothing you can really grapple onto. And so we're, we're in a sense, moment to moment, you know, like all possibilities exist, but it's really truly our freedom right. of choice that's, you know, making us go, I'm flipping over to this uh, 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 choice right now. I'm going over there. So with astral projection, are you are you traveling between dimensions? Are you are you? I mean, what does that seem like? Can can you go? Whoop, all right, cool. I'm gonna go to my future version of myself and tell them something, or I'm gonna go to that eight year old version of myself. But what if it's not the same version of myself in the same parallel you know universe that I live in now? What if it's a different parallel version? So, are are those thoughts going through your head too as you're astral traveling? I personally haven't had that experience, but it's really funny because. Uh, Mark Sims talked about that during the harmonic convergence. Joe, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about that experience of being able to communicate, like realizing uh, a past self or a past life connected and, and it, like he didn't realize it at first but that was you know a real thing that, um, and, Dr., and Bob Monroe talked about that Realizing, like seeing a vision of something and then realizing, oh, that was him looking at himself from that uh, different vantage point and then himself looking at himself, looking at himself, like from these different states of mind, kind of different personalities and different timelines and, 
and it gets to the whole thing of like, oh my God, we are all one. And it's so we're multifaceted. And, uh, like with Mark Sims, what was the name of the cash uh, bar? Yes. He said that he thought perhaps Tesh Bar was in fact one of him himself, a different life, a different experience, you know, a different part of him. And so I think we all have those different parts of ourselves. But you know, when we're in this world, you know, it's sometimes it feels very heavy. It's hard to imagine some of these, all these possibilities and things. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've got to do the taxes, do the hmm. What's great is being able to have things like the harmonic convergence to kind of re- help us remember, you know, our, you know, these these amnesiac uh, avatars down here, forgetting the the cosmic agreements that we've made in those other planes and stuff. And it's great when you have stuff like the harmonic convergence because people like yourself come to the surface, and. And go, you know, oh, you know that that thing that that Amazon rainforest shaman was just talking about a minute ago. Yeah, we, you know, Monroe over here has figured out the science behind you know, uh, uh, visiting those realms, and it's just like, wow, it's so interesting when you think about how all that stuff just Venn diagrams the stuff that the monks up in the in the Himalayan mountains that are that are meditating and meditating and meditating and achieving those states with the unified field that you know the Monroe Institute then offers, and all the stuff that uh, the natives who are smoking the peyote. You know, or the other guys who are uh, drinking their ayahuasca, and and they're all, you know, finding those agreements that you know what there's, yeah. there's a lot swimming around. <laughs> there's a lot swimming around out there. I, I know it's so exciting, and the, the harmonic convergence was just so great for having all these conversations. It was really like in the lounge. It was really lovely to hear people being able to share how they felt, and they didn't have anybody else that could about it mm-hmm. and it was kind of neat to have a, a place with them I've never been shy about sharing how I feel or even when because I've had so many wild and crazy experiences not tons of them but it's like a variety and it's like you forget because uh, sometimes life seems kind of heavy like they're saying uh, but like oh my god yeah I heard voices I've been my brothers and I are saved by uh, a, a spirit or an angel it was a voice in my head that said I'm only here because of it and uh, yes yeah, so that happened when I was young were you t- were um, you uh, did you I remember in one of the lounges was it you that, that talked about um, um, that you heard the voice about you're driving behind a truck and something fell yeah, off of the me. yes 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 can you can you tell that story again well first I'll say um first time I heard the voice, I was about 10. And I was in Minnesota. I decided to walk home along the road rather than our path between my grandparents and my family house, which is country uh, hill in the path. I wanted to go look at the weeping willow tree, so I took the road and was going to go down our driveway instead. So it's way out in the countryside, and this car drives by. I waved, because I'm from Minnesota, because the guy waved. Then he turned around and waved drove back and waved again so I waved but then he turned around again and that voice in my head said pick up rocks and run it was really commanding so I picked up a bunch of rocks and I was about 10 and I'm you know small and uh, the car comes up next 
uh, across the, the road from me and stops and opens the door and says, hey, little girl, do you know what sex is? And I said, I have rocks. And I got really fierce. I said, I have rocks and I'm going to throw them at you and get out of here. And I've always kind of wondered if because he turned white and drove off. And I don't, it's hard to imagine he was that afraid of me. So I've always kind of wondered if something appeared. Wow. Then years later, my brother, I'm, I'm the oldest of six, and I had all my brothers in the, our station wagon. And I was driving down the highway because I was picking somebody up from some sleepover, and the same voice came into my head and said, slow down, and then he yelled at me, slow down now, get back, get way back, now. And I just put the brakes on and slowed way back. And as soon as I was out of range, about 10 boxes, wooden boxes with glass pop bottles flew off this truck and would have come right into our windshield. But I was safe because right, I backed off. And uh, and it all happened. Just, they all just flew off. <laughs> like, it would have, I don't know what would have happened to us had, that, had we hit those. And, uh, and that's the last time I heard that voice. I've always thought it would be nice to chip in and say, maybe you don't want to date that person. But, uh, so, it, it, didn't. It, it, and what's interesting is that was long before you, you, you learned about Monroe Institute and all that. I mean, what would be interesting, I mean, wouldn't that be interesting if that was sort of an astral version of yourself kind of going, you know, because I, I think sometimes about how so right now, here you and I are talking, and then there's a future version of ourselves thinking back to this conversation. So knowing that there's that future version, you know, just like right now, here's your future, here's your now version, there was your past version. So what's interesting is, what if, and this just popped in my brain, what if, what if you recounting the story is you actually whispering in her ear, pick up those rocks, you know? It'd be kind of interesting if there was that loop in it that was just, whoop, yeah, whoop, whoop, whoop. it's really interesting. You just wonder... You know, they, like, you know, people talk about, you know, they love their animals and, you know, they hope to see them again when they pass. I just thought this is such a cool story that with Bob Monroe, when he would get out, he would go out of the body and he would, sometimes he had this creepy feeling that something was grabbing him and jumping on him and, and he realized after a while, after he had been out and was like so adept at it, all the cats he ever loved that, that had passed still lived in his house, in the outer body, in the astral. Oh, And they, get, they jumped on him when he was in the astral because oh. they were so excited. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's great. It's so cool. Wow. Who knows how many... Yes. How much unpublished material he's got or recordings of him talking about experiences. There must be just a treasure trove of that stuff that's just, that's never been released because you'd figure someone who can become so adept at that where it's just so commonplace, um, then you figure you have tons, tons and tons of these, of these examples. And I mean, gosh, okay, so we're... I, I definitely got to read his books now. Now you were you uh, you were telling me, and it's an, an extraordinary experience about how you saw um, a UFO with your friends while you were you were out there in in the darkness, huh? It was in the light. It was in the daylight. Oh, it was in the daylight. It was in the daylight. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was like evening. It was you could see the color of the trees. So it was light enough that you could see green in the trees. So 
yeah, there were three of us, and it was way out in the countryside. I guess it was outside of a place, it was a ghost town called Geneva, but a friend of ours had brought some land and put his ear down, and it's right on the edge of a canyon. And we were outside, it was summer, and it was evening, and I said, oh my God, and we look, and there's a UFO, unidentified flying object, whether it's government or not, I have no clue, but we certainly, I've never seen anything or heard anybody mention one like this since, and it would be cool if somebody else had this experience, but it was metal, and it had portals, and uh, with the, it was an orange light within, and it made a, a noise like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And every time it made that hmm noise, an orange light would go behind it, like with like a pulse engine or something. And it was going about 20 miles an hour, and we watched it for, um, we watched it for, a, you know, a, quite a long time, at least at least 20 minutes, I think it was, because yeah, it was just going really slow. As it came up, went down the canyon, just creeping along, what? yeah, clearly slowly, it was below the horizon, because it, it was a canyon, and there were trees that were higher than it on the other side. So we were roughly parallel to it. Incredible. Now, if you were to... Um say how how long it was or or wide depending on i guess what your perspective was how what what would it was it the size of a like a school bus was it bigger than that was it uh it was okay i think it it's it's been a while it was like about 1993 when i saw it and i was like i was with two other people that saw it just like i did except i did not have my glasses on so I, I can't do, like, real clear details on it. But as far as, it wasn't one of these, like, giant ones that cover a city that you hear about. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't have a wingspan. It was more elongated. And it had, you know, like a, so it was a silver bottom, it was metal bottom. Then it had uh, a part above where, um, like where people would be in, uh, and I don't recall, you know, if we, if my friend saw clearly who was in it. I just remember it being the, the orange light was in the inside as well as what the, you know shot out the back. Um, it seemed like it was probably at least twice as big as this. We did this on the bus. Wow. Wow. So, um, uh, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm visualizing this as it's just moving along so slow. And so you said it wasn't a disc, but more of kind of a cigar shape? More elongated, yeah. Or more elongated. Gotcha, gotcha. More yeah. elongated. Um, it would be fun to, it'd be fun to connect with the two people I was with and see what they remember still. Yeah, 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 yeah. before cell phones, we didn't have, can take a picture of him, we didn't have a camera of him. Now, have you, have you, you know, because there, there are all kinds of interesting shapes that have, uh, that, that are out there that people have taken photos of or described, drawn pictures of, um, have you seen yet any of those photos or pictures that people have drawn that, that closely, uh, uh, match up to what you remember seeing? Uh, I, 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 I,
not yet. And I haven't heard of anybody describe the, you know, the, the light shooting up, you know, the, the sound with the light. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because the first thing that's popping in my mind is like some, like, I just get, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Heavy Metal, but like, I'm just getting this kind of funny image in my brain of like, it's like a couple of teenage, you know, ETs that borrowed the family's vehicle. And it's like, you know, like one of those like old Buicks or something, you know, that's kind of like coal powered, you know, so every time it's like, it's like it's burning off the coal like an old like train engine or something like some old steampunk kind of thing and it's just kind of putting along real slow so when you were describing that to me i was just thinking wow how comical that would be it's like seeing one of those old you know when they call those cars the boats they're like ah here's this old boat you know and it's just like this this solid looking thing with the big tail fin yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) wow man Wow. Yeah, you gotta. I would love to hear uh, how those how those folks described it. Um, it's interesting because I um, I was telling you of the experience that I saw out in Chicago, where it was a very slow moving triangle shape that was going behind the the skyscrapers one rainy night. Very very slow. And when you when you told me about how slow yours was moving, I was like, yeah, I thought that was quite curious that that big this big triangle was moving so very slow. I'm not, I'm, you know, you're just, even when you see airplanes fly in the sky, you're like, oh, that looks like it's slow. But no, it wasn't even that slow. Um, it was slower. <laughs> you know, it was like, what? Exactly. And it and was... too. It's so... It was slower than a plane can travel because we, you know, we had an airplane at the time and, you know, we had like one of the slower flying airplanes, which is the Bat 21 that can go down to 35 miles an hour. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's almost like, it's so funny because like you think like with the, with this technology, if they had a choice between moving fast or slow, they just move fast. They blink in and out of, you know, jip, 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 jip. There it is. Whoop, you saw it. Now you didn't. You, you figured that they really want to be seen if they're moving that slow. They're like, ah. You see, are you catching this? Hey, you, are you catching this? <laughs> like, I'm letting you soak it in. I'm letting you soak it in. I was looking at a map today of uh, trying to figure out exactly where that was because uh, I don't have the address of that spot. But it, you know, I was looking for the canyon. And there really aren't any houses out there. And it, it was like, and it was flying below radar. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so it was probably trying not to get to be seen. And we're you know, like just going along. <laughs> wow! Wow! You know what's so interesting is, uh, um, you know, the whole Harmon convergence was with the intention of meditating these worldwide um, UFO sightings, and I thought it was really interesting. A few days ago, an article came out saying why the sudden spike in UFO sightings. There were like 299 of them that were reported uh, across the globe. Many of them in in California. Um, but like 200, no, 399. That's what it was. I misquoted myself when I, I typed it to someone earlier, but it was 399, uh, throughout the month of, of July. Now what's so interesting is July is not yet over, you know, and, and that article came out about, I don't know, it was about a week ago. And it was interesting because we did the harmonic convergence between July 5th and the 14th. And, uh, so I thought that's really cool that someone's writing this article about seeing all these things, and so I found I found the uh, the writer and I found him on Instagram and uh, and I I uh, I you know sent her a message. I said, you know what, you know those UFO sightings? Well, check out you know what happened close around that time. 
Um, and and here's you know uh, Mark's uh, here's Tejbar uh, you know on Instagram. Get a hold of him. Talk to him about this because that would be an awesome follow up article. And what was interesting was two 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 days ago, I saw beyond my trees here. I saw a cloud that was in the shape of you know you always see those those cloud. Whether like, is this a UFO or is this a cloud? And it was, it had that look about it. We're like, oh, this is interesting. And I was looking up at it, and I don't know what possessed me to not take a photo of this thing. But I was looking up at it, going, wow, that 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 cloud looks very much like a, a, a UFO. And then sure enough, I ended up coming across some TikTok uh, uh, um, video where they're going, oh yeah, UFOs will. There's technology where they showed this thing where. There's technology where these UFOs can camouflage themselves in what looks like a cloud. And so they're, <laughs> they're hiding themselves in a cloud of what looks like a UFO, but there are UFO hiding in the cloud. <laughs> it's like, it's so interesting. And I'm going, okay, yep, that was, that was, uh, I wanted my UFO sighting loud and clear during the trans, you know, during the, during the uh, harmonic conversions. And well, there it is, loud and clear, yet it's still going, you know what, I'm going to be mischievous about it and hide, and, and hide myself as a cloud. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was amazing. I can't believe I didn't, I didn't take a photo of that, you know, and it makes so it's much sense. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it really yeah. is. It is, it's crazy, because like so many of these, these sightings we hear about, and people are like, well, I just didn't have my camera, I didn't have my, I didn't, I, you know, it was a perfect UFO, and it was bright, and it was sparkly, and there it was, and it was, it was, it was right over my house, and, 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 and you know, I, I, I don't know why I didn't think to grab my smartphone and just take a few photos, and it's like, when you're, I think when you're in the majesty of it, when you're, when you're, when you're in the majesty of it, you're too busy looking at it and wondering what is this what I think it is you know and and do I want to blink because if I blink it might disappear and you know there are all those thoughts yeah, that are going through your brain yeah 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 because it's like it's always cool if you have another person well it, it's kind of interesting it's the harmonic convergence one of the people on the during the event or on one of the lectures talked about Saladin so I thought, oh, cool, I'm going to go into my local stone shop and see if they have some celadines. And so I, I went in and asked the fellow if he had any, which he did, and it was lovely. And But he was like, I said, yeah, I was just listening to the, about the harmonic convergence, and that's why I was inspired to come in and get the celadine. And, and I said, yeah, we were, you know, there's like 60,000 people out meditating to to hope that there be UFOs showing up for communication. He said, well, he said, he said, oh my God, all the hair on my arms just stood up because he and his family and friends were camping in Mount Shasta two days before, right when the end of the convergence, when the convergence was happened, in the main night, he was in Shasta. And this guy, had, um, he has a rock shop now, but he was military. He applied for, he was going to be an astronaut, but timing-wise, he, uh, you know, he didn't continue with that, but he, he'd been on, he said, I've been on ships, I've been on planes, I mean, I've seen, you know, I've looked at the sky, I've flown a ton, and he said, when we're in Shasta, there were eight of us that saw these lights, they took videos, and he shared a video with me, of which, you know, a night video with lights is not really impressive, but it was their enthusiasm because, because you know, was they're moving the camera, it's going all over the place. Oh my gosh. And so that was 
Incredible. I love it. Gosh, I just love hearing these these uh, these synchronicities of these uh, of these things that are happening. The fact that you went in there to get the cell oh yeah, selenite. That is the same so you so what's crazy is that I've been so I've been sleeping with, with it, you know, and it's been giving me some really great some really great dreams. And I thought it was great that you had you had gotten it. You fell asleep with it, and then you ended up hearing the podcast where I'm interviewing Nikki all about it, right? I know. Gosh. And, and noticing that they've been having better dreams. Oh, my gosh. Like it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's it, like, so it's like, and, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just very fun it, to have all these connections. Yeah. And then to be reminded that we have these magical experiences and that we can share with each other and um, that, you know, anybody might be having these experiences and might have a real variety of experiences. And and you're not necessarily a strange person. You're just a person that's had all kinds of magical things happen. That's what you're saying at the Monroe Institute. You know, the, this kind of talk is just so commonplace that, you know, there's no, like in a sense, you don't really have someone who's immediately rushing to enter the conversation and go, now wait, there's no science to scientific evidence for those ghosts that you're seeing. You know, now wait, there's no scientific evidence for that astral projection that you're experiencing. Now wait, there's no, you know, and it's like, there's no one there to like shut it down, but just go, oh wow, that's fascinating. That reminds me of a story that I had when I talked to my crystal the other day, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, it's so cool to know that something like that is so commonplace yeah, at that place. You know, when I had I had a major orb experience before I'd ever heard about people talking about orbs. You know, like Where was the, that at? What was that night? like? That was really cool. It was in the 1995, about. I was uh, practicing Qigong out in the woods in the afternoon. And it was about a 45-minute practice. And I, all of a sudden, started these little white, Lights. It was yeah, you know, two thirty in the afternoon or so, and the sky started filling with these white lights. It's like if you had tennis balls that were so dense and white, with a little bit of softness around the edge. The sky I filled with thousands of them, and it was. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I can see again because I mean I can't even see through these. Whoa! <laughs> like, Whoa! It's so dense. And I just continued to practice, and when I finished my practice, they just slowly disappeared. Did you? It was so neat, and then you start hearing about orbs, and 
Oh and then at the Monroe Institute, we go out at night and say, okay, let's take, we could take photographs. And then we just like, okay, Olaf, we're ready for you to come in. <laughs> and then we keep taking photographs, and then all of a sudden all of our photos are just filled with them. Oh, my gosh, I love it. Fun. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so interesting. When people get an invitation to the party, they're going to show up. You know, um, so it's funny because the, the, all these all these seemingly invisible beings that are just floating around us, they're, they're you know, it's like they're just like, come on, man, come on, come on, let me, invite me to the party, you know, like, let, you know, invite me to, to show myself to you. And it's so fun when we include, when we include the universe in our daily coexistence. It's beautiful the ways in which it'll, it'll uh, bedazzle us in the camouflages that it wears. It's, 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 it just blows my mind. What other interesting... Um, experiences have you had? You were telling me that all, your, uh, all these sort of like paranormal experiences you've had had happened th- in the daytime, which is usually a, yes. quite a rarity. Yeah, I know. It's just nice. uh, oh, I was going to say one thing. You know, people talk about protection and like out of body. Like Bob always says, like a little, like a, a little protection, inviting the good energies in, uh, equal or you know, like equal or higher energy. And I think of myself being. Uh, shrouding myself in a white, with like a white light with a semi-permeable um, protection, so that like the good energies can come in, to, you know, to reach out for me, versus like not to let in things that I don't want in my field. Amazing. So, just one one idea, but um. Yeah, so I saw the UFO was in the daylight. I've seen interesting lights at night, but, you know, it's like, it was, you know, when it's a solid piece of metal flying by with orange lights going out, you know, it's like, it'll have to be pretty impressive next time. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, in the daylight like that was pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, the ghost experiences I've had were in the daytime. Uh, the orbs were in the daylight. So what ghosts did you see, and what were the circumstances with ghosts? Well, the, one was um, in a big brownstone. I had an old friend of mine. He lived in the, the attic of a brownstone in downtown, in Chicago. He was at DePaul, I guess. Uh, and or I don't know. It was, it was, it was a fancy mansion part of uh, Chicago. And so uh, I was taking a nap in the afternoon and uh, uh, I had one of those things where your bed is shaking and you're paralyzed and you have to like force yourself to move and uh, and you know you're wide awake when you move and I guess it's like supposedly a, an interesting entry entry from out of body which I don't have any memory of traveling oh. uh, other than just like trying to get out of the paralysis so then I'm wide awake, and then uh, this ghostly figure slides through the wall, and it's wearing like the white, a white dress, and has long ribbony hair, and a blurred face. And it was not a pleasant feeling. It was kind of a creepy energy. And then uh, we're just staring at each other, and then it, and then it continued on, and then it went, started moving again, and went through the wall. And I told the fellow who owned the house, I said, I saw a ghost in your attic. And he said, Theo, you saw the ghost? I said, yeah, you told me you had a ghost. Uh. <laughs> and I did. And, and, and he 
just turned white and he said, I thought it was over. He oh. had had it at the house exercise. Oh my gosh. Furniture and things were always flying around oh. up there and he was scared to death. He was going to sell the house, but he had exercise and it had been pretty quiet. And hopefully it didn't, you know, it didn't get stirred up again. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy. Wow! Wow! How long did the, did did this woman like hang out there? Like, what? How long? How long did you like look at each other? A few minutes. Incredible. And I was just I was just visiting, so it wasn't like I lived there. Yeah, yeah. But I did. The friend whose part whose room it was so that he would sometimes hear whispering in his ear. Whoa. Um, and, and I had no idea what it said or anything, but yeah, you know, kind of. Wow, <laughs> incredible, incredible. And then, and then the other major ghost experience was a number of days, and it's actually on a property that I was housekeeping for um, about 20 years ago, and I am now actually living like kitty corner across the field the same property. Whoa! It's, it's so And, uh, and then 
I get this weird feeling, and it's like, okay, all the lights and doors are all open and on again. And this happened for like two or three days where I was going doing that. And one time I heard this, this talking uh, in the morning when I woke up, and there was nobody at the house. Another time I um, had taken a shower, and the door that I would have gone back to, there were three different stairwells to go to the, the second floor, and I was on the second floor. And I couldn't get to my room because the door had been, it was, it was like I'm pushing on it, pushing on it, and I just, it just won't open. And then all of a sudden it just lets go, and it looks like there's a chain hooked at the top that I'd never noticed before. But I felt really weird. So I went down and to another, down a different stairway, went up to my room, and I looked in the mirror, and my hair, and I just washed it, it was all wet. But 20% of my hair was floating around my head. Whoa! Whoa! It's so crazy. And it's like I had gone through a field of some sort. Incredible. I know, and that's daytime again. But it's just so I'm not really excited to go to the house again. <laughs> well, I can imagine. Oh, so, Holy so, cow! So that happened. So then, so then the lights in the hallway are still being turned on. So then, so I go and I shut everything again, and. Uh, and uh, like a half an hour later, I get this feeling like I got a peek again because it just felt weird. So I go and I look, all the lights and all the doors are wide open, except this time there's this chair, this huge, heavy chair that somehow made itself, got through this little door, it's upside down in the hallway. And I'm like, okay, that's it. <laughs> I just got my dog and my son was at school and because uh, he's been, he was there with me, and he had weird stuff happen too in the house too. And uh, I uh, just left until I brought him home, and then that was our last day. The people that owned the house came back, and I told my friend, "You know, your house, this house is haunted." And he made a joke. He's like, "No, it's not." Well, that night when we were there, and he, the other people were in the house. Then the smoke alarms would go off all night and would go on and off, on and off. <laughs> like, Whoa. So that was kind of funny. That was my last day there. That's incredible. It's great. I mean, you've 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 just been a magnet for these really incredible circumstances that you know people hoped. Some people hope to have just at least one of those in their life. It's it's great how this stuff just kind of just kind of comes to you and you take it so well in stride. I just got to say, we got about. Two minutes here uh, before the podcast hang, kind of hangs up on me um, <laughs> on us. Um, what so? What what are some? Do you have a website? Do you have ways that you'd want people to reach you, or um, uh, do you have any sort of you know? I don't know. Are you part of any companies or anything that you'd like to promote? Well, I'm part of an international travel club, which we're not doing a ton of travel at the moment, but um, it's worth knowing because it's the greatest travel app out there, and. Uh, Right now, at the moment, I'm like Facebook or Instagram, and I could share that that with you on your on wherever you show this. It's like you know, in the summer, um, on Facebook or do you, do you have a little listing where this goes? Yeah, yeah, I'll put this in the description area. Okay, okay, cool. So I'll share that with you. 
I just want to say you're one of the most cheerful, pleasant people um, I've met. I just think your your enthusiasm is just fun and uh, uh, inviting. Very nice. Thank you, thank you. I do I do whatever I can to make sure that people feel safe and sharing their stories and. Um, I really thank you. Thank you for, you know, wanting to be interviewed and to share all your astounding stories with people that they're not used to hearing. You know, I think this is really good. It'll shake some people up and maybe uh, uh, inspire them to remember some stories that happened to them and maybe they'll feel like sharing. Which, by the way, if any of you people want to uh, submit any of your stories, you can uh, send me your audio to inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com and I'll play them on here on the podcast. And uh, also... There's a phone number if you want to leave uh, something on the voicemail. It is 561-203-9179, and, uh, and I'll play those on here, too. Well, uh, Adele, Adele Summer, which is a great name, uh, S-O-M-M-E-R, which is just a great spelling right there. Adele Summer, thank you so much for being on the show and, and, uh, and talking with me, and this is just really cool. That's so fun. Thank you so much, Kurt. You're welcome. And, uh, you know, we're all magical beings. We all have experiences. It's pretty neat. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care. Thank you. Talk Bye. To you later. Bye. This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto.